You're listening to In Tune, a podcast series featuring equity research analysts from BMO Capital Markets. Our shows explore key emerging themes, trends, and issues which are important to our institutional clients globally. this edition of the BMO Intune podcast series. With us on this podcast, we've got Keith Bachman and Ambrish Shavastava from our tech team. They're going to be discussing recent trends and valuations among software and IT services, as well as semiconductors. Keith will be discussing the software and IT services industries, and then he'll pass it off to Ambrish to discuss semiconductors. With that, I'll pass it over to you, Keith. Hello, everybody, and thanks for joining us. We wanted to make three comments as it relates to software and IT services. And our comments reflect a valuation study we did in mid-March, in addition to a number of other notes over the course of the last 30 to 45 days. And it's really a synthesis of the notes and and our thinking about our sector. So point number one, in mid-March, really in the depth of the stock market falling, we did a valuation study. And this is a study we've done once or twice a year for the past number of years. And in our study, we try to determine what are the driving variables, particularly for software. In other words, what forms or shapes valuation. And consistent with our past work, there's two variables that in particular that we test. One is revenue growth rate. The second is margins. It can be either free cash flow or operating margins, though, for software we focus on cash flow margins. And the conclusion of the study is similar to what we found in the past. Based on the strength of the independent variables, we think about two thirds of the valuation framework is driven by revenue growth rate and about one third is driven by operating margins. Now, part of this study certainly includes over the last five to seven years, we think the biggest change in software hasn't been technology or management teams or buybacks or M&A, it's been that software valuations or multiples have expanded dramatically over the course of the last five to seven years. So as we've written this study and as we faced our first recession in a number of years, we do pose the question, because our information reflects historical data going back over the last five years, which we do at every juncture that we do this study, we wonder as the depth and duration of the recession is called in question, we do think about whether weight of the variables will change. In other words, rather than being two-thirds driven by revenue growth rate and one-third driven by free cash flow margins, if this is a long recovery process, we wonder if more weight will be given to the free cash flow variable. We actually do think this will happen, but it'll be some time. I don't think it's going to be a reversal, but I think if the recession carries on for some time, at a minimum, I think the weight of the free cash flow independent variable will have a greater influence on valuation. Second comment is we thought about our sector is we think it's increasingly shaping up in the have and have nots. And what I mean by that, there's a few different segments within our coverage universe that we think are getting greater emphasis as IT spend greater prioritization. And those three are cloud, security, and workflow. So within cloud, we think, for instance, Microsoft Azure continues to bubble up. I think there's going to be acceleration of cloud because as we've hit this recession, I just think it raises the risk or the effort, depending on how you want to look at it, of managing your own data centers, including DR, which is you have to get staffed. And and when the COVID situation 
uh, hit, it just, it, I think it be, makes it that much more glaring that cloud is an increasingly inefficient and effective alternative. So we think Microsoft bubbles up in our coverage universe. We think Azure has greater growth potential as we look out over the next number of years. We'd also put workflow, as I said, in that category. We cover, uh, we have outperform ratings now and Smartsheet, but certainly we've written positively about teams, although we rank it market perform. Within security, that's a number of different names. We're neutral on the firewall companies as we think longer term, more cloud, it, it perhaps lends itself to less growth there. And so we think about companies like Okta, which we rate outperform. We think positively about Zscale, though we do rank it market perform because valuations has come up a lot here. So we're sitting on the sidelines. But we are increasingly convinced that their architecture makes sense for the new normal as defined by, we think, more of a permanent and dispersed workforce rather than everybody going back to the office. And so those are areas that we think positively about. The final comment I wanted to mention is, is terminal values. So what's been interesting is that even as some companies like Atlassian has demonstrated, frankly, two weak quarters in a row, we think investors are increasingly assigning higher durable growth to what we think about as the have franchises. And that is probably reflected in terminal value. So even in Atlassian, in our mind, had two weak quarters, we think investors are perhaps rightly assigning that the new normal in terms of how we live and work has created longer and more durable franchises associated with the technologies that play into the haves. I'd probably be remiss in not making a comment on the have-nots. The have-nots we think about are, are really A, the legacy on-premise oriented companies. We perhaps put Oracle in that camp. We think it's just going to be difficult, particularly during the course of recession, to spend a lot of money on new architectures, new databases, new ERP systems. We think that those are probably going to be put on pause. And then services, IT services. We've written about this. We recently downgraded a Cognizant before the quarter. We like the management team quite a bit, but we just think services are highly correlated to the economy. And, and we have concerns that a recovery would be slower than I think any of us would like, and, and therefore we've taken a step back. In addition, the IT service providers, we think in many cases, are more aligned to legacy rather than some of the new growth areas. So that's our comments there. I'm going to take a pause and I'll turn it over to Ambrish to make his comments. Over to you, Ambrish. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Keith and Todd, and that's uh, for everybody tuning in. So for semis, the approach we took, and actually this is not something we've been doing regularly, but we did look at what Keith had been doing, and it's been uh, the depths of the sell-off that we found ourselves in post the COVID impact started to show up. We really wanted to revisit valuation on a longer term basis. And so the reasoning was twofold. One was to get a sense for where we were in valuation with respect to historical trends and medians that these stocks have traded at, and also go back and revisit what happened to these stocks in 08 or 09, when was the last time we had a, a big crisis like the financial crisis. And the second part of the of the study really was to answer a question that has been on our mind for a very long time, which is, what really determines long-term valuation for semis? And then finally, we wanted to make use of this in a more tactical way. So look at the long-term valuation, look at where we are trading at with respect to those, and ascertain if there is a stock or two that jumps out. So that's the approach we took. And let me just start with how we, we looked at the valuation framework. We started out with many factors that we thought would be responsible for determining valuation. We kind of secluded those that met our benchmark 
in terms of using the linear regression that we borrowed from Keats' analysis, which was great. So we used a multivariate analysis and we narrowed down to those that had the most correlation and also were statistically significant. And what we found was free cash flow really jumped out and not entirety, but out of the four factors that determine long-term valuation, free cash flow margin, gross margin, free cash flow per share growth, and also return on invested capital. So those were the four factors that determine long-term valuation per semis. And it's interesting because then we went through our coverage and we saw that Texas Instruments, uh, which has been one of our very long-term core, where we pitch it as a core holding, shows up in all the four in the top quadrant of those four metrics. So that was the result of the long-term analysis. And what we then did is also looking back at historicals and where these stocks are trading at, combine what governs long-term valuation. We actually found a nugget which was really shaped our thinking in the depth of the sell-off, we upgraded Avago, which um, was trading A at a discount and met some of those metrics that we talked about, some of those factors that we talked about. And so it really helped shape our thinking when we came out and we said, wow, this stock is A, too cheap with respect to how we think free cash flow should be growing over the long term. Uh, B, it also fits squarely in how we think about long-term valuation. So that's kind of how we use that. The last thing I wanted to point out, which is a bit more tactical in nature, but it ties back to the valuation piece. As we saw through this current earnings season, companies that were able to keep their margin structure and their free cash flow margin structure, even though they guided to really negative second quarter outlook, as well as for the full year, actually investors rewarded these stocks as long as the free cash flow margin structure and the gross margin structure was intact. Conversely, those that were not able to keep either of those two intact, those stocks were severely punished. So it kind of ties back to the long-term valuation piece that we put out, and it shows up in how, at least over the near term, how these stocks are being rewarded or not by investors. And uh, that's it for me, Todd, and I'll pause and see if you wanted to take it further. Yeah, that's great. Definitely appreciate the commentary around the theory and the driving forces behind the discussion. You mentioned Avago as a specific example. Keith, I was hoping if you could give us an example of how you're using the framework to make specific decisions around stocks or you know, being more tactical. And then Ambrish, I'm not sure if you have another example, but being able to drill that home, I think might help if you have an example of that. Yes. So this is Keith and I'll start out. It did help us think about services. And what I mean by that is similar to on breach. Our software coverage universe, even those companies that have lowered revenue guidance and or pooled guidance, which frankly has been the majority of our names, margin structures have largely stayed intact. In contrast, the service providers, in particular Infian and Cognizant, unfortunately, the revenue variances cause meaningful margin pressure. And so while we submit that margins are the lesser variables in our regression equation, they still are important. And that has caused uh, some issues in our stock and candidly helped us walk away from Cognizant. And as we look out over the next couple quarters, you know, what we, we have no stocks recommended on the IT services side and, and we're comfortable with that position. While the recession, as we said before, probably stays with us for at least a couple quarters. And part of the issue is certainly driven by the margin pressure that the IT service providers have and we think will continue to experience. So will stay uh, safely on the sidelines for there. Ambrish, over to you. Thanks. So the way uh, when we looked at 
valuation and when we looked at the software space and we wanted to draw some comparisons one of the things that jumped out and I, we started out thinking that revenue growth would matter for our names as well and would show up at least if not in the top four in the you know top six or seven but it didn't and i think part of the reason is that investors um, do know and realize that semis are a mature industry however there are exceptions and there are names who trade way outside of the band of where you would expect the median band to be for semi-valuations. So in certain cases, there are stocks that are trading at valuations that are out of sync with the group. But those are the ones that are showing, at least in the investor's assessment, showing a, a tremendous growth potential. So, so that was one thing that I wanted to do with software. That revenue growth doesn't really factor in, but in terms of using it for, in terms of using this framework for how we think about our stocks, besides Avago, I would like to come back to Texas Instruments and how that just increases the conviction uh, when we look at these metrics and how the company fares, whether the way it's able to grow its free cash flow per share over the years, and we're talking 10 plus year, double digit Kager free cash flow margin staying at 30 plus percent gross margin headed north of 60 percent and finally roic in the 30s so all these besides giving an opportunity to help get us more positive on a name like avago it also just reinforces the conviction on a name that we view as a core holding now that's great i think the explanation helps a lot there i'll wrap it up with just a couple of points first Keith and Ambrish, thank you. Second, to our technical specialist, uh, Rachel Armstrong and Tris Sullivan, thank you for coordinating the podcast. And last of all, appreciate folks for listening to the podcast and look forward to the next one. Be safe and stay healthy. Thanks all. Thanks for listening to Intune, presented by BMO Capital Markets Equity Research. You can subscribe to Intune on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and other podcast providers. Or visit our website at researchglobalzero.bmocapitalmarkets.com to listen to more podcasts. Until next time, thank you for tuning in. To access our full disclosures, please visit researchglobalzero.bmocapitalmarkets.com slash public dash disclosure.